episode of Java and Jesus with Kathy. And we are on episode seven. And I had two titles that I wrestled with. One was called uh, Bankrupt Without Love. And the other one was Love Does. And so you probably figured out the episode is going to have something to do with love and with this being the month of Valentine's. And I'm literally going to be posting this on February 12th. I thought it was an appropriate title. And I'm really excited about this episode. Really enjoyed spending the time with God, putting it together, and I hope it's going to be beneficial to everybody that's with me today and is going to be listening. So I thought since it's Valentine's, I don't know if anybody else is curious where it all started. Maybe you've heard something along the road somewhere. And the question I had for myself was, where did it all start with Valentine's? I was curious, so I thought I'll do a quick little Wikipedia and just see what comes up and on Google, do a Google search. And this is just some of the very basic things that I found. So Valentine was actually a person. He was a Roman priest who lived back in the third century. And at that time, Rome was ruled by an emperor named Claudius, who was known for his cruelty. So this was not a good guy at all. He was totally involved in conquering and wars and conquest and battles. And so he needed, of course, a strong army. Many of the men of that day, they weren't too interested in leaving their wives and their families and just to go off and fight all these useless wars. So Claudius came up with his plan, which was to forbid men to marry so that they wouldn't have any excuses not to fight for him. And uh, of course, Valentine, being a priest, believed that people should be able to marry if they wanted to. And so he began to help help those that wanted to get married and do it in secret. But of course, it didn't stay secret long. And Claudius found out about it. And being the dictator type of individual he was, he just threw Valentine in prison. So while Valentine was in prison, he still made use of his time. And he became a teacher to the jailer's daughter who happened to be blind. And her name was Julia. And it's believed by many that he prayed and asked God to cure her blindness and the miracle actually happened and she was cured. So he's obviously a priest who really had a deep and abiding faith in God and believed in God and prayed for this miracle and God answered. She was healed. So her father, witnessing this miracle, actually converted to Christianity. Doesn't say what he was before that. So the day that Valentine died, and I think he was martyred, he had written Julia a goodbye letter, and he had signed it, Your Valentine. And she was able to read it, of course, now, because she was no longer blind. And allegedly, this all happened on February 14th. So after his death... The Catholic Church made him a saint, and today we celebrate him by giving notes and gifts and being kind to those we care about. So I'm sure there's a lot more to that story, but those are the highlights for you. And now that you have a little bit of history on St. Valentine, it brings me to the portion of scripture that I've chosen. And for a little bit of context... It was written by the Apostle Paul in about A.D. 56, so 56 years after Christ was crucified. 
And like many of the books in the New Testament, it was actually a letter to a church. And so this one is 1 Corinthians 13, 3 to 7 is what I'm going to read. And guess what? It was a letter to the Corinthians. Paul wrote it to them to help resolve some conflict that was going on. They were fighting about some ethical and doctrinal kind of issues. And so he wrote this to them and said, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Okay, so now in modern day world, we often hear this portion of scripture referred to as the love chapter. It is very, very common to be quoted or parts of it to be used in weddings. And so even people that don't really know much about the Bible have heard these scriptures and maybe don't even realize that's where they come from. So I'm going to read you now message translation. And again, in my little devotional, it was called Bankrupt Without Love. And it's 1 Corinthians 13 verses 3 through 7. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't have love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, doesn't take pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. And so what a great portion of scripture and especially knowing that he wrote it because they were fighting about things that didn't really matter and probably some were getting swelled heads. No, it's me. I'm right. And you can just sort of picture what was happening at the time. And so if we go back now and take a look at it, it's kind of interesting how there's reference to many of the Ten Commandments. So the Tenth commandment, love doesn't want what it doesn't have. That kind of covers the tenth and the eighth. Don't covet, like don't want what others have, and don't steal it to get it. Number nine, commandment nine, is do not lie. And here in this portion of scripture, it's referencing to take pleasure in truth. And then finally, trusting God, that's number one. You know, we're to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, and soul, right? And so we can see how Valentine was the epitome of a lot of this chapter. He cared more about others than himself, for sure. He trusted God. He never looked back. So even when he was in prison, it sounds like he just made the best of it. He just looked around to what he could do, and he somehow had Julia there. He prayed for her blindness to be healed, and then he taught her how to read. And so it just looks like he made good use of his time in prison instead of just feeling sorry for himself. And so I get the sense when I think about this, that's what real love is. It's more than an emotion, and it's an action. 
love is real when it's without conditions. So he had no conditions, I don't think, with Julia. He just did it because he wanted to express love. And there was no expectation that I can see that she could do anything for him at all. And so when we think about these things, we should always be trying to compare to our own lives, internalize what we're reading. And I kind of go, well, do I have this kind of love? And probably the closest I come to it is as a mother. And we tend to, as parents, in most cases, love our kids unconditionally. And of course, right from when they are born and they can't do anything for us and they're just a lot of uh, work and sacrifice, we just love them and we want to protect them and do everything we can for them. And that is really true love or real love. I want to read another portion of scripture. It's found in Luke eleven, twelve through 13. If your little boy asks for a serving of fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? And if your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children, and don't you think that the Father who conceived you in love will give you the Holy Spirit when you ask? Amen. He wants to give us the things that we need. He's not going to hold back. And basically that scripture is saying if we can do that for our kids, why wouldn't we expect that God would do that and more for us? So I just want to go to the prayer now that I wrote in my journal after reading this bankrupt without love portion of scripture. A long list of what constitutes real love. It is very clear to me that this list cannot be accomplished in the flesh, but requires the spirit of God in me. It requires my trust of God that he sees and knows all, not only about others, but also about me. Father, as you look for and see the best in me, may I see the best in others also. As you draw the best out of me, which is your plans and purposes for my life, may I duplicate that by drawing out your best plans and purpose, purposes in the lives of others. This, Lord, is part of what has been said over us, that we would draw the gifts out of others. Father God, let love be manifest in and through my life by improving the lives of others. Amen. So there's a little reference in there that maybe you're kind of wondering about where I say, uh, this Lord is part of what you have said over us. And I am part of a charismatic stream of Christianity that believes in prophetic voices or prophets and people being able to hear from God and give you a word. And so this happened along the journey many, many times in my walk of faith. In fact, that's how this whole podcast got started. But in this case, it was a word that we got from somebody that said, you know, God was going to use us to help draw out the good gifts in other people. And so I was referencing that. And right now I'm kind of feeling like I need to take you folks down another little rabbit trail. Sometimes it's been confessions, and in this case, it is going to be a testimony of what happened to me personally. And I don't have time today to go into a deep teaching or a deep dive on prophetic ministry. So I'm just going to tell you the story of what happened in this case, and maybe that's going to get you curious and thinking about what the prophetic is actually all about. 
Anyway, so I took a course last year, and it was uh, to learn more about how to move and flow in the prophetic. And one of the things that this course did was more than just show us in the scriptures and teach us the academic portion of how this works and where it's found in the Bible, but gave many opportunities for application, which is always the important part, applying what you learn in the Word into actual practice. And so we had many opportunities to do what we called activations. And this particular activation was kind of unique. We had uh, breakout groups on Zoom because it was on, on Zoom. And so we'd be in a, a little room with a number of people, so five or six people on the screen. And the activation set before us was, we're going to give you a list of items, everyday items, and we want you to pray and look at the screen and see if God highlights a person and uh, one of the items on the list that you can give them as a gift. So they were random things like flashlight, a red wagon, a this or that, and it was really interesting the words that people got for others. And I'll give you an example. Of course, got, got to come back to coffee, and one of the items was a coffee mug. And I looked at that, and I looked up, and there was this lady, and it just was like, God wants to give you this cup of coffee. And he says that you're a connoisseur of, of coffee and also of the things of the Word of God. And he's going to use that to help others. And I don't know all the details. I can't remember exactly. And so at the end, after we gave a word, then that person would give confirmation, like, does that fit? And so what she did was she lifted up this huge jumbo cup of coffee. And she indeed was a connoisseur of coffee. And of course, if she's taking a course like this, she clearly is very interested in the things of God. So that was confirmation right there. And so we went through this, everybody took their turn, and then it was a rinse and repeat kind of situation where now we want you to do it again with another list. And so I looked at the list, and one of the items on there was a fine pen. And right there in that moment, I prayed and said, God, I've been feeling so impressed by you for months now that I'm supposed to be writing something, but I don't know what, and I feel like I'm supposed to write a book. And so if I'm supposed to write, then you have somebody give me that fine pen. And I had barely finished kind of saying that prayer. And a lady said, Kathy, I wasn't going to say this, but I feel like God is prompting me to give you a fine pen. But what happened after that was even more crazy. She gave me an actual scripture found out of Habakkuk, and I'll read it to you now. Habakkuk 2, verse 3, and it goes like this. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And so I wrote down that little scripture reference and thought it was sort of an interesting random scripture that you don't often hear quoted and, you know, finish the course for that day. Then I went back because I like to kind of underline these things, make a little note. And so I went into my Bible and I looked up the verse that she had gave me and I had 
underlined it. January 2016, and in the margins I had written, may my prayer journals be read someday and be an encouragement. I couldn't believe it because it wasn't some random scripture she gave me that could apply to a lot of people. And the fact that I had it underlined really spoke to me. So now I'm really kind of going, God, now I'm really feeling like I'm supposed to write something or share something or do something, and I still didn't really have clear direction. So fast forward another six months, and we had a guest down here in Florida, and we didn't know him very well. He came with some other friends of ours, and he, uh, during our time of prayer, just stopped and gave me a word, and he said, you know, Kathy, I see you surrounded. God is showing me you surrounded with journals and piles of them, and he wants to use them to be an encouragement, and he just kind of shared out from that. And so then it was like a light bulb went off on my head. I'm supposed to use my journals because I've got stacks of them. And from there, it was really, really a quick snowball effect, talking to my kids about it and just saying, I think it's something I'm supposed to do with my journals. And um, maybe, maybe I got to figure out how to do posts or something, you know, and then my one son who is very prolific in his podcasting and is even famous in his genre has got more than 10 million downloads. He's kind of the expert, him and his wife, and they got me all set up with this. And here we are. So that's how God speaks to us sometimes is prophetically. And so now the time is going on and you got that extra little bonus. I wasn't even planning on going there, but let's, let's wind this all up now. What is God saying? God is saying that he uh, wants us to love others and there's no way that we can love them without his help, I don't think. And so I'm going to read you a scripture about the Holy Spirit. It's found in John 14, verse 16 through 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And so what I love about that scripture is three times it's I will, I will, I will. So it's not a maybe, he will be there for us. We can trust him like Valentine did just to be with us in whatever situations we are in. And we can believe that he can use us to love others well. And so I think I'm going to leave it on that note and just pray us out. God, I thank you for this time I've had together with my friends, and I pray that there will be different things that I've spoken that just draw people closer to your heart. I pray that they have a good week as they ponder some of these things, and that you will help each and every one of us do better in loving those around us. I thank you for the help of your Holy Spirit, and pray that any that don't have the Holy Spirit yet will just take a step of faith and ask for you to fill them with your love and your Holy Spirit today. And I just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So I hope you all have a fantastic Valentine's uh, week if you're listening to this this week. And if not, it's still a good message for any time of the year. I hope you are blessed today, and I hope you hit the like and subscribe and all those things and come back next week to join me for another episode of Java and Jesus with Kathy. God bless. Bye.